0: Corinthians. So we made it through first Corinthians and now we are right on into second Corinthians, uh, continuing along with some of the themes, but it is a bit different. Um, let's pray and then we'll get started. Lord, we thank you so much for, uh, this morning, each person here, God, for, um, just for your provision, your grace, your, um, the health to be able to be here, the ability to be here for another day here. Lord, we pray that you would help us to seize that day and to honor you with our lives and, and with our time here and that you'd speak to us by your word, that you'd give us ears to hear and eyes to see um, and that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts, changing us, molding us, shaping us to be who we're supposed to be, God. So um, we just thank you, God, and we praise you. Um, for everything you've done, for everything you're doing, for everything you will do. And we just come with open arms and open hands and saying, um, teach us, show us, guide us, direct us, change us, and uh, help our hearts to be fixed on you. And uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, the, this series is going to be called Vessels. We had run to win for First Corinthians. Um, but this series is called Vessels. And one of the major themes or one of the big parts of Second of Corinthians is actually that jars of clay, earthen vessels um, story. You know, Paul, or uh, analogy of Paul speaking to us being these earthen vessels, these jars of clay that are pressed but not crushed perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. A major theme in second Corinthians is struggle is, uh, is going through stuff. It's enduring pain. It's going through tribulation, through trouble, through suffering. Uh, in, in this book, we see more about Paul's life than in any of his other epistles. He like starts opening up more about his life and we see kind of like behind the veil of what's really gone on with him. What he's endured, what he's uh, suffered through, um, some of the stuff he's had to deal with. And I think it's because Paul is being very transparent and real with the church of Corinth. We had had left off, 1 Corinthians was Paul addressing issues that he had heard about the church. And there was all kinds of issues, right? There was was liberties being taken advantage of. People were not being loved like they should be loved. Uh, There was a bunch of immorality that was present, not being checked at all. There was problems all over the place, right? There you could see it. Paul had addressed all these issues. They had issues with authority. They had issues with this and that. Well, Paul has this letter delivered as we left off last week. This letter's delivered and he says, I'm going to come visit you guys. And it does not go well. (laughs) A lot of the the letter did not hit them very well because as you know, when someone confronts you, your first reaction usually is what? Well, what's your problem? Like, you know, and you start, you're defensive and all this and that. And so Paul actually, uh, as we're going to see here, had what he called a painful visit with them where he went in and said what's going on because they had because they got really upset not all of them some had had taken it to heart but others had had major issue with what he had said and how he was confronting them and they'd called his apostleship into question again like who are you to talk to us? And one of the themes we'll see here in Second Corinthians is, is that uh, Paul is addressing, they had like these super apostles in their mind of these guys who were rich and, and spoke eloquently. Paul was not rich. He was like super poor. He made tents for a living. It said he was not an eloquent speaker. He was like, you know, he he came in and maybe not even like the best looking dude. We don't know for sure. Sorry, Paul. You know, uh, I don't know, I guess. But uh, he was not what they wanted. His life did not envision. I I think this is the major thing. Looking at him is not what they wanted to be. (laughs) But Paul represented Jesus very well, right? He was a servant. Right, and he was uh, gave it all, laid it all on the line, and uh, but Corinth, remember, a, a place much like where we live now, in the in a time much like the time we live in now, they liked glamour, they liked things to look good, to sound good, to be strong, and that's what I want to be like. That's who I, sh- you know. And it's this was a false perception, and so Paul is going to really address that, and he's even going to say, like, you guys are my. Witness of my apostleship, you—you you guys are the proof that I'm an apostle. And we also know Paul had not uh, was not one of the original twelve disciples, and so anyway, so there was all these issues. He had had this visit with them. It sounds like it was pretty rough. Um, and so, and he in that time had written uh, another letter in between first and second, and that's something we don't have record of. But it was pretty gnarly as we, we see that there was, it was like, he pulled no punches. Paul's not the kind of guy you want to like go toe to toe with, right? He's like a pit bull and he's not going to give up and he's going to anyway. And he wasn't going to let them bully, bull him over or let him go because he, he loved them. And so this actual letter, second Corinthians is a letter of letting him know he loves them. There'd been some reconciliation and he wants to know he loves them and he wants to encourage them. Uh, we might have disagreements, we might have issues where you, know, you talk about things that you don't want to talk about, or someone pokes an, uh, a subject that's a little painful, or whatever it is, he wants them to know he loves them, and he wants what's best for them. That's why he's doing what he's doing. So, that's kind of the lead-in into Second Corinthians. Um, he's not giving up on the church. He loves them. He still loves them. He sees good things that God is doing, and he wants to see that continue. So there you go. Uh, vessels is, is very much uh, a picture of, uh, in the midst of going through things, the, the thing that's inside you maintaining, holding you, uh, keeping you strong because of the gospel that's in us no matter what comes our way. So there you go. There's a, kind of the theme and a little bit of the background. Here we go. So verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is in Corinth with all the saints who are in Achaia, Uh, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, Paul definitely does not beat around the fact he's saying he's an apostle, right? Because he was an apostle. Um, He is like the iconic apostle. Which is funny that they would have is- like wonder if he was an apostle. He was like the apostle. He was the one that set up everything and got things going and moving. And anyway, uh, with Timothy, and then he sent this letter to Corinth, but also to the whole region around them. Uh, and how does he start it? The way he starts all of his letters, right? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, two very important things. Right, that that need to be present in the life of a believer: grace for yourself, for those around you, and peace in the midst of circumstances. Right, fear is not of the Lord. Peace comes from being with God. When you're with God, you don't worry. Dad's got it, right? <laughs> and so that's the peace that passes understanding. He's with us. He's got us. Like And the grace that we need moving forward. So that's kind of his little intro there. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Um, blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Paul's going to speak to comfort because of so how much suffering he's gone through uh he's going to explain how God has been with him the whole time and he's been comforting him he's he still sees in the midst of all the suffering and all that he's been going through he sees that that God is good and merciful and that he will get that he gives comfort and that's something you kind of have to um test out to to know for sure right You have to, like, you have to go through it to know he can comfort you, right? It's like something you, you can know it in your mind, but you don't know. We, we went camping this last week and, um... I always set up a hammock, like Violet loves the hammock, she, that's like her thing, she sits on the hammock with her feet up, and she's just sitting there, and she's, you know, that's her special place, you know, and so she's like, set up the hammock, set up the hammock, and and um, if you don't know, she's six, but she's like 40 pounds, she's super skinny and little, and so I set up the hammock, and the first thing I do when I set it up is I have these cable straps that go around the tree and I ratchet it down and get it all set up. And, uh, they say 500 pounds for each. So that's good for a thousand. Um, should be good to go. Right. And I want to see, okay, is it grabbing on the tree? Good. Is the, you know, the, the hammock set up, right? Is it going to be good? So the first thing I do is I take my 230 pound self and I push all my weight down on it. And then I get on it, sit on it, bounce around a little bit. Now it's good. Violet by all means, if you break this, I mean, I don't even know, like, this is going to be amazing if somehow you can make this thing, um, you know, break at this point. But you have to test it to know, okay, it says 500, great. Okay, the hammocks should be strong enough, great. But I want to know for sure it can hold weight before I, you know, can lay my daughter down on it. And it takes, for me, a commitment, Right and <laughs> go. All right, I'm gonna sit on it. Whatever happens, happens. You know, and you're looking at the rocks down below, and you're like, "Should have picked a better spot." You know, but we'll just see. Boom, and you sit on it. You're like, "Yeah, it's good. I knew it'd be good." You know, just got to double check. But I, I understand that it can hold my weight. No problem, Violet. You go, go ahead. All three kids, all three kids, and Tori. go for it. You know, you just, we're good, solid, right? But Paul understands. Comfort, he understands mercy. It's interesting he says mercy too. Because a lot of times we're asking for God's mercy when we're in the midst of trials. He says he gives us mercy in the midst of trials. In the midst of suffering. Verse 4. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So notice in verse 3, he's praising God for, what, for how good he is. Now he's going to talk about the struggles he's gone through. Who comforts us in all tribulation. Not some. All. He promises never to leave us or forsake us. Does this mean that you kind of skate through? Oh, I don't feel a thing. Absolutely not. But he shows and reveals he's with you in the midst of the storm, right? He's there. He's, he's got it. He'll take you through that we may be able to comfort those. He he wants to show us and comfort us in tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's saying comfort a lot, but you know, here's the thing is, is the comfort that we receive from God in those storms, in those tribulations, in those sufferings, in those trials it's not for no reason. It's so that you can comfort someone else when they're in a season. Tribulations, trials, struggles come to all of us. Who's going through something right now? You don't have to raise your hand. It's everyone, right? Somebody raise their hand, huh? You're like, oh, you should have said it first. You, I should have said, you don't have to raise your hand. Who's going through something right now? That, that made it a little easier, right? We're all going through something some way, somehow, right? Like there's there's always something going on. And if you're not, it's coming, or it just was, you know. And I'm sorry to say that. This is this is just life on earth, right? To a certain extent, you know, and, and especially following Christ, right? We're we're called to take up his cross and follow him, and, and that is a road that is not so. It sounds like a cute song. Like, take up your cross and follow him. All right, cool. That sounds noble. You're like, you're picking up a death device and following him to die. You're like, why did I come to church today? Why do I, you know. It's because this is why we're here. This is why we're on this earth. And and when we understand why we're here and what our life is really all about on this side of eternity, then it helps us to uh, view things differently and to handle things differently. When we understand that, like, the trials you're going through, God might be using that season as you trust him. Here's the important part. As you trust him, as you go to him, as you allow him to comfort you, as you allow him to help you through and endure. And you don't go to outside sources to try and get you through, right? Because that's, that's, everyone goes through stuff. It's what do you run to? We were just talking about this, right, Jed? It's what do you run through when you go through stuff? Oh, you run to... A substance to get you through you run to a relationship you run to something that just keeps your mind off of everything whatever it is it's it's not always as positive if we can keep our eyes on jesus in the midst of struggles in the midst of trials in the midst of suffering he does something in us he shows us that he's faithful not just in the good times but also in the really hard times and it's not like every day you wake up with this, you know, in sunshine with a smile on your face. But you see that he's with you in the darkest season. And it's almost talking to another friend. It was actually last week. And he was talking about how in the hard seasons, um, he had just come through a hard season. And he was in a bit of an easier season. And he said how he kind of missed the hard season. Because he was so reliant on God in that season. And he's like, I don't want it back, but I also miss it. (laughs) I miss being that close to God. I miss being that reliant on him. I miss him taking me through the day and somehow making it through. And even though it was really hard, even though it probably, you know, took some years off my life. (laughs) I miss that intimacy that comes from being with him. God is able to comfort. He's able to show you he's with you. He's able to do that and he does it for a reason so that we as ambassadors of Christ as these vessels who are weak in and of ourselves are able to appear strong not because of us but because of what God is doing in us. Like so people are like looking at like how is this earthen jar of clay vessel able to endure pressing and crushing and all these different things you know that would Or, you know, to try and crush this outside forces coming in. How is that able to endure? Well, it's not the pot at all. It's what's inside of the pot. You take a balloon... And you stick a, a needle in it, and it's done, right? It's just over. You take a balloon, you fill it up with some sort of a metal or something, and it's just super hard. You stick a needle, it does nothing. The needle bends, right? Like, it's, it's not what is, it's the balloon itself, but it's like what's inside that makes it do what it does, right? And so we are filled up with him, given this opportunity to endure through pain and struggle, By the way, we're always like so quick to get away from pain and struggle, right? We have ways of like getting around that or we try to have ways of getting around that. God, it's like essential for us to go through some stuff sometimes, right? I remember a message by Ken Graves uh, years ago and he said, Men, don't be so quick to go to the anesthetic. Right, that's how he talks. If you don't know who he is, he's a lumberjack from Maine. And he said, you're always so quick to, to run to the... To try to numb everything out. And God is teaching you something. The pain is a tutor. It's a teacher. He's revealing things to you. None of it's without purpose. Could it be better? Like, why do we have to deal with struggles and strife on this side of eternity? You know what? Because sin has entered the world. It's fallen. It's messed up. God has chosen to come into the world. To suffer. To endure. And then to show us a better way. We are ambassadors of Christ. Christian means like little Christ or Christ follower. So that's what we do. We are like Him in this world, and so the things we go through, God uses to help other people go through it. And that's just that's just rough. I've probably told the story before of this um, woman I knew at, at the packing house, my old, the church I came from, and and her husband died. And she had four kids. Fell off the roof when he was painting the house. Um, and it was brutal. Like one was going to ninth grade. One was going to seventh grade. One was going into third. And one was going into kindergarten. Four kids. And it was it was just this thing that you're like, God, I don't understand this. And, and still, still, it's hard to understand it. Like it's, what do you do with this? And he was a godly man. He loved the Lord. Bible is full of notes. I got to actually help um, Disciples is, is the two older sons, um, Brad. You remember Brad? Yeah, yeah. He used to actually come out here and hang out. Um, but they—they're uh, they're just a sweet family, and and she missed him, totally missed him for years and years, and, and still does. Uh, but one of the things that that she was able to find joy in was being able to minister to widows. Because she had gone through something that nobody else, most other people had gone through. I, I, I can't speak to that. I don't know what to say. And some of you in here have endured that, have gone through that season. And you have something to say that others don't. Right? Because there's just something about, like, we, we don't know what we don't know. Right? Like, you, you can't know it unless you've been through it. And it could be something as small as if you've never played a certain sport, or if you've never done. You can talk about it, but you've never done it, so you don't really know, right? Or something like, like motherhood, right? Somebody's like, "Being a mother's easy. They're not a mother. It's simple. All you have to do is raise your kids, and that's like fun, right? They're fun. Kids are fun. I like kids. I see them sometimes, you know." And it's just easy. And it's like, what else do you have to do? You stay at home mom? That's not a job. That's like a gift. That's like vacation, right? You know? You're like, you're speaking from ignorance. You don't know what you're talking about. Because you haven't been through it. But moms can speak to moms. Even dads sometimes can't speak to moms. Because they don't know what a mom goes through. I and mean, that's, that's, that's it for us. Like, like my kids, we're, we're tight. But moms, like something else, right? Next level that's mom. She's, you know, I, thanks dad for helping me with my skin knee, but now I'm going to go to the real one. There's mom. Cause you told me to get up and she would say, honey, your knee. And I'm like, you're good. Like it's just a skin knee. I skin my knee a bunch of times. I, I don't care about your skin knee. A bunch of times I want mom to hold me and I'm going to put a bandaid on it. Dad, you don't need a bandaid while well, I'm getting one. <laughs> anyway, But you don't know what you don't know. But God can use the situations that you go through, the things that you despise and that like have marked your life in in a, in a hard way, a really hard way. But as you've allowed God to take you through hard seasons, and by the way, you can still be going through those seasons. And you'll be allowed to minister in the midst of them and because of them. Because you've received comfort from God, you can give comfort to others. That's like a beautiful thing. You're like, man, I wish it didn't have to be that way. Well, it is (laughs) really like that's even like Jesus, right? Like he understands our temptations because he was tempted in all ways. He understands our suffering because he was suffered in all ways. And we even can rely on that where we go. uh, He does understand suffering because he suffered more than we'll ever suffer. And that makes me feel good. To know, like, to know we have a God who's not, like, just sitting there like, I'm sure it's not that hard. Like, no, you get in here. You find out how hard it is. No, you, no we wouldn't talk to God like that. But you know what I'm saying. Like, when someone's sitting back there and, like, just load the truck. You're like, it's 110. Well, it's not that hard. Well, you're like, well, you're not sweating. You're not doing anything. You're, you look clean. Your hands are clean. But if you're in there battling with them, we're like, nah, this is hot. Let's knock this out. Okay. We can do it. God is with you, God will comfort you, and he uses these things. This is a beautiful truth, and it gives a purpose to our pain. You get to use your experiences to minister to others. Can I encourage you to do that too, by the way? If you've gone through some stuff, keep your ear open. Be aware of what you can do to help those around you. Like the, the sufferings that you've gone through, the things that you've gone through, you can be used by God in such a mighty way through those things. We've gotten to see it recently, even going through stuff, enduring stuff. And it's, you, you're like, why is this happening? And then all of a sudden someone comes into your life and you're like, that's why? Because they needed hope. Because they needed somebody else that could say, I do understand, and um, it's not even over yet, but God's good, he's faithful, we just got to keep on going. We got to keep trusting him, he will, he'll meet you in the morning, keep trusting him, keep learning to, to, to set your mind on him. Keep learning to, to keep your eyes focused on him, not looking to the right, to the left. And to take it one step at a time, like Lord, all right, here we go. What? Okay, that was hard. Okay, that was hard. You're with me. You're leading me. You're guiding me. You're taking me through. Okay, verse five. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our count, consolation abounds through Christ. Here's the good news. He's with us in in all of it. He's with us when we're going through it. He's with us when what we uh, with how we minister it to others. It's 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 like I said, a, a world full of sin and pain and struggle, but we are lights in the midst of that world. And, and God doesn't say, oh, good, you're, you're saved, you're a Christian. Let me just pull you out and give you a perfect little world here on the top of the cloud, and you can look down and say, man, it must be a bummer to be down there. He says, no, I'm going to use you in it. You say, well, is this, my life seemed to be kind of easier before. Well, easier, maybe, but was there any peace? Was there any hope, comfort were you Did you have any purpose this is this is where we're, God uses us and, and he's with us in all of it. now, if we are afflicted it is for our uh for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted is for your consolation and salvation. There's more going on on the inside than expected. This is that that vessels thing, right? Where there's more going on. We're, we're, there's more happening than meets the eye. God is doing more in it than you could imagine. So think about this. If God is with you and and he has a plan for you and he promises never to leave you or forsake you, the thing that you're up against right now, it's not surprising to him. It's not like he's like, oh, wow. I blew it with you. I totally forgot. I do that all the time. Like, I'll forget something. You know, it's like, oh, man, I left that thing on or oh, man, the broccoli's burned or whatever you know like oh i should have i was supposed to meet you and i didn't do you know that kind of stuff we do that kind of stuff and so it's easy to think of god like that but it's he doesn't he none of this is a surprise to him none of it is like out of left field for him he knows what's going on in your life and he wants to use all of it for a good purpose he wants to use it all he wants to he wants to be magnified and glorified in the midst of it all you know I, like not to make it super heavy but i've got you know I saw a friend pass this last year, and it was amazing to see him glorify God to the end and to sit there and and to hear him say i'm gonna i'm gonna die like i'm for sure gonna die um, but I'm okay with that and i just i just want God to be glorified in my life. And I want my sons to know that God is good. And I want want the world to know that he's a good God. He's been with us. He will continue to be with my family. He's going to take them through. I want them to know that he's... I'm not doubting his goodness in a very hard season. Well, who can say that but him? And and what powerful testimony that is to the world. It's like, I, I have perfect health but I don't have any peace. I have a, I, you know, it's sometimes like the better things are, the worse it is almost, right? I have perfect health. I have money. I have this. I have that. All the things that... T- 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 and I have nothing. What? Where is peace? Where do I find it? And you start looking in all the dirty little cracks of society to try and find something that will fill the hole and the void. And you recognize it's not about those things. It's about him. So whether you're sitting in there in the gutter with Jesus or you're sitting on a mountaintop with him, as long as you're with him, it's okay. Whether you're like laid up in bed or you're crossing the finish line for an iron man. As long as you're with him, you're, you, there's comfort there. There's peace there. And he's with you. He's not done with you. He's doing something in you. As long as we're here on this side of eternity. We had another another guy that was at, at the church. And he was this relentless, amazing follower of Jesus. And, and he, he passed... Way too young, and uh, but he was a missionary to our local area, and all all these nurses were getting saved, like as he was dying. <laughs> there, he's like telling them about Jesus, and he's he's got this joy, and, and people just don't know what to do with this guy, and his and his funeral was huge, and it was like, here's your fruit, here's the jo- what an amazing testimony because people will listen to you. In that position, because you go, I don't know of anything that I could stand on at that moment in my life. Only Jesus. And I'm not trying to make this dark. I'm, I'm just saying, Paul is saying, like, the hard things I've gone through, and we're going to get into some of them. They were for a good purpose. And God is using that. So I want to bring not darkness, but light to the fact that if you're going through something or if you have gone through something recently, don't be surprised that God would use it and you'll find joy in, in that that season having some redemption in your life. Do you wish it wouldn't have happened? Of, of course. But you're going to be able to minister in a season, that you know. We, we've We've... Man, as far as suffering goes, we haven't gone through nearly as much as so many people. But one of the things that we did go through was a miscarriage. And I didn't know that was hard, and I've shared this before. Uh, But it is hard. Didn't know that. It was the first one before Canon. And um, it hit us both really hard. And one of the only people that could speak to Tori about that was someone who had endured that. She didn't really want to hear, like, all the... Jibber jabber rhetoric, whatever. It's all good. All that, she just wasn't there, right? But it was somebody who had just gone through it was able to speak to her, and then she was able to speak to someone else who later went through it and has done that multiple times. And she's like, you know what? She they, they don't want a lot of words. I'm going to write something out, and I'm going to give them like some treats and some goodies, <laughs> and leave it at their door. That's that's because that's how she is, right? She's just like, here, here's like thing to let, you know, I, I love you and here's my story and here's how God's anyway. And it was amazing to see that there's like some joy that comes out of, and again, you, many of you have gone through much, much worse, but it's it's something, right? Whatever it is, God will use it and can use it because, and this is another reason to be open with people and to be honest with people because you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they've gone are going through something you just went through. This is where like fellowship and like uh, community comes in big time. When you say, "Oh no, church is just me and God," it's better that way. I don't have to deal with people. People make church terrible. You know, you don't have to deal with people, and they're always messing it up. I found that the best church I ever found was one with just me in it. You know, that that's that's every single time I've heard that. It's been a very unhealthy situation and it's manifested itself even worse as time has gone on. Sure, like there's going to be seasons where it's just you and God and that's great. But you being around people, you enduring with people, not shutting people out, allowing them in allows healing because God moves through his word, by his spirit, speaking directly. But a lot of the time he moves through his people to one another. You know what? You're going through a hard season. I just went through that. Can I explain? Can I tell you something? Here's some mistakes I made. Here's what I thought. Here's where, but here's where God was faithful. And I want to encourage you with that. He's with you. He's not going to leave you. And and I've, I know these things to be true Verse seven. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. Like, that means there's going to be, um, even though we're, we're all in this together in the suffering end, we're also all going to be in it together on the comforting and consolation end. This isn't it. That's one of the things that helps in life sometimes is you could say, well, this is a season. You recognize it's a season. We're going through a season that's difficult or new. or And that's life. Like, everything is always new, Right? Like what, what were we really ever prepared for? Right. Well, yeah, I've been preparing for this and I was ready for that. And, you know, and, and maybe you were prepared, but you weren't prepared, right? Like you, you weren't really, I remember like getting my license at 16 and, and then um, I'd ridden motorcycles that were stick. I mean, like, you know, with a clutch and stuff. And I'd practice once on a car with a clutch. And my dad's like, Hey, here's the keys. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> let's see how this goes. Driving stick for like the second time in my life, you know. And uh, coming out of my school was a hill. It was just terrible, you know. I had to learn the e-brake trick. And I, I stalled like 10 times the first day trying to get out. And I'm like on the freeway. I'm like, I'm not ready for this, you know. And eventually I figured it out, you know. Maybe I should have been a little more prepared, I guess, for that. Um, but, you know, you, you get your license. And then, you, you know, you become adult. And you're like, this isn't as good as I thought it would be. This is more work. School seemed hard until I started working, right? And then you go and you get married. And of course, who's ready for that, right? You did not really know what it means to be a husband or to be a wife. Like you, you think you know, but you didn't know how selfish you are because when it's just you, you don't really have those conversations all the time, right? And you didn't know, you know, that, the, like I've said this before, right? That the way that your mom makes this is not the only way. Or that, you know, this is the best kind of that or what, you know, all these things that you're kind of like figuring out. And then you have kids and you're like, what in the world am I doing now? Right. You have one and then you have two and you have three and you're like, what in the world? And maybe you don't. I have three, but I'm just like three. I can't even carry all three of you. Like, what do I do with that? You know, but you don't know. Right. And then, and then I know. Seasons that come, kids go into high school, right? And they're becoming adults themselves, empty nest, grandparents. What? I wasn't ready for this. Wasn't I just 20? Like, wasn't I just like, you know, and and then you, every step of life, you're like, what is all of this? I don't know what any of this is, but it's all seasons and God has a purpose for every season, And he wants to use every season of life, in the suffering, in the consolation, in the ups, in the downs. What it really—it just shines the light on the thing we already knew it was all about: was just being with Jesus. Like the whole point is, walk with God, no matter what. Well, it's really that simple, right? But we go, oh no, but I don't really want to talk to God because I'm mad. Because things haven't gone the way I thought they would. Well, are you, are you thinking that maybe you have been blessed in other ways that you should have never even been? Bl- I mean, think about it. How fortunate are we? Think about where you live. Like, you know, do, do you know where you live right now? I was thinking about that. Like, I, I, I try every single day when I drive home, I'm like, I can't, I say it to Canon all the time when he's driving with me. I'm like, I can't believe we live here. I cannot believe that's the ocean. I can't believe that this is where we live right now as we were driving home from the mountains through Paris 109 and humid 109. I come home and it's like 75 degrees and everything. It is so hot here. And you're like all 109. Take a drive an hour inland. Get some perspective. You know, I don't have to lock my car when I pump gas here like you know this is unbelievable where we live not even that in the united states what an amazing blessing to live in this country you're all made it here you, there's roofs over our heads like god has been so good to us there's going to be hard seasons he's with us though and he wants to show us that in this book again paul's going to share a lot about his life He's going to share a lot about what's going on. Verse eight, for we do not want you to be ignorant brethren of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. He's like, I don't, I don't want you guys to be ignorant about what we went through. And Asia at that time was Turkey. That was there. That was what they called Asia at that time was, was Turkey, modern day Turkey. Um, I don't want you to be ignorant of all the stuff that we've endured here. And Paul wants to really open up to them because he wants them to see his heart. And he's going to share some personal stories and, and to make it real. And that's what, like when I share personal stories, it's like my, my heart is to say like, here's what it here's like, this is where it's played out. Right. And Paul's like, you want to see where it's happened. I'm going to show you where it's happened. This can be useful to share your heart and what you've gone through to others. If you only do it, that's not great, right? If all you're doing is talking about, I've endured so much, you know, and you're like, okay, this is getting a little depressing every time I see you. But being able to talk about what's going on in your life and uh, being able to share all the stuff that they've endured. None of us have endured what Paul's endured, by the way. You're going to see that. It's pretty gnarly. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Again, jars of clay, earthen vessels. We were dead men walking so that we could learn that we didn't trust ourselves. We were done for everything we could do so that we could learn that we, not to trust ourselves. That's a good lesson to learn. That's something we can learn in, in um, seasons of suffering and trials is that you can't save yourself. There's some things you just can't save yourself from. There's some things you can't just power through, right? And you're not as sufficient as you think you are in and of yourself. That's a blessing, Paul's saying, like, we we were, like, dead in ourselves, but we had to learn to trust in the God who raises the dead. We had to learn to start putting our trust in, like, something bigger than ourselves, which is, in and of itself, a blessing. To learn that. To understand that. And in doing so, it opens up opportunities for God to do more in your life who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. This is beautiful. Look at what he says. It's, it's, it's what he's done in the past. Think about this in your own life. Remember what he's done in the past in your life, especially when you're in the middle of sufferings. Think about how faithful God's been in the past. Look around at how he's being faithful now. And recognize that he'll be faithful in the future. This is important, right? To understand, to get. And it, and it helps you endure through seasons that are difficult, that are hard. He's, he was good then. He's good now. He'll be good in the future. We can trust him. He delivers us. How many times has God saved you and delivered you? How many times would, could, were things this close to going really, really bad? You ever think about that? You're driving and something happens, and a car swerves out of control and just misses you, and you're like, "What? Like I was this close, you know?" Or going through, you know, different things, or your foot slips. You're Whoa. I, like, "I said I mountain bike, so that's pretty much all of that for like an hour and a half, right?" You're like, "Oh man, that could have been bad, you know, the whole thing, right, Lonnie?" <laughs> it's like always like right on the edge of disaster. Okay, well, that that was fun, you know. You, you see God's hand that he's protected you, that he's kept you away from people that you shouldn't have been around and relationships you shouldn't have been, you know, whatever. He's with you now. Look around. He's faithful. He's put you here. He's put you around good people. Like, look around, recognize it, and use that. And he'll be with you in the future Setting aside fear, setting aside anxiety, all the things that plague our society, because they've lost sight of who Jesus is and who what God wants to do in our lives. He's He's delivered us in the past. Deliver, he's delivering us now. He will deliver us in the future. Eternity is with Him. That's it. That's amazing verse 11 you also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on your behalf for the gift granted to us through many um paul's like alluding to how much prayer has affected the ministry and what they've done cuz it's right after saying like god's delivered them right like your your prayers affect the ministry if you'll pray for the things you care about right Things are important to you. Pray for them and you allow God to do those things and, and you want to see them done. The church here in Corinth where they were being prayed for or, or the church was praying for Paul and it had brought fruit. The ministry had been fruitful because of that. Um, can I encourage you and I can I ask you for something? Can you pray for us? <laughs> can you pray for our church? Like put it on the list pray for this pray for me please <laughs> pray for the churches in the area that love god and that are that preach the gospel that they would be effective that people get saved that there would be good things happen you know god literally answers prayer he actually does but he can't answer prayers that are not asked for somehow he gives us he gives us a part in this he gives us like something to do with this uh, Ken and I were building something yesterday. We're building a blitz ball target. You know, it's like a wiffle ball. So you hit it and it's a strike, you know? And, and so we were doing it together and we're doing the project and I'm sawing the PVC with an old saw and it's the worst thing ever. And to make like 20 cuts and then you mess up a cut and you're like, Oh, and so I just, whatever. And so he's like, dad, can I saw? And I'm like, it's going to take like 20 times as long if I let you saw. And so, but I thought, you know what, what's the point of that? Like, this is supposed to be doing this together. And so I let him do it for a while. Luckily he's over it fast. Cause he's like, this is the worst, you know? And then, then at the time we we're going to drill in the plexiglass little holes so we can wire tie it together. And I said, I'll let you drill the ho- some of the holes. Okay. And he's like, okay. And I'm thinking, I could drill these holes in like two minutes and be done. If it, I do it with him, it's going to take longer, but okay, let's just do it. And, and he got so much joy out of using a power tool, drilling the hole. And I'm sitting there working with him, working right next to him, making sure it doesn't get out of control. Cause the first thing he does is pins it, you know, and it's like, no, you know, like let's start slow and get it to get in. Boom. You know, start hitting every single hole. For him, it was amazing because he got to use a power tool. He got to be a part of what we built, and now he's proud about it. Well, without that, it's done a little faster, but who cares? God is such a good father that he has us as part of what he's doing. Is it because of our great knowledge? Is you know, it's like, oh, can and just do whatever you want to do? No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be like go buy a new piece of plexiglass and, and try and get the drill bit out of his leg. You know, like, that's not what it was. It was with him, guiding and directing, but we get to be part of it. We get to have a hand in it. He was the one pulling the trigger and seeing it go through. And that had validation. There's something to that. Some boys need, he needed that. He needed to be part of that. When we go camping, Violet keeps the fire going. Oh, good job. You know, she's like checking it out. What else do we need? She's like looking at the right stick and, and she doesn't, I'm like, okay, let's lay it down in the right spot. She goes, and she throws it and it all falls over and you're like, oh, okay, it's in there. Sure. And then you kind of pull it back in. We want the wood to be on top of the fire. That would probably be best at this point, but she's part of it. And she's like, I'm the fire girl. That's me. I'll keep it going. You know? Oh, sorry, Mom. I got a duty. I can't eat. The fire looks like it's going out. I better go get put some more wood in it. But that's like being part of what's going on. There's obviously a master plan. There's a design. There's someone who's overseeing and and really making sure it happens. But we get to be part of that. One of the ways that happens is through prayer. So please pray. Pray for God to move in this Place in this ministry and 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 pray for one another that we would all be ministers, missionaries to everyone around us. Because we get the words of eternal life. We have the comfort the world doesn't have, we have the peace the world doesn't have, the mercy, the grace, all of that. And we get the opportunities to use that. Pray that God would use that. If you've been one that's gone through a really troubling and tiresome season, one of the beautiful things is that. God can use that, and you'll find so much joy in that being used. Will it be hard? Yes, but he'll use it. So pray for those opportunities. Man, I've gone through a really rough season. God, bring someone into my life that I can use to bless in that season. Let's pray, and we'll close in worship. Lord, we are so thankful... for your grace and your mercy in our lives lord for your the fact that you never let go